Well, Mother's Day, uh, you know, it, it's really hard to preach on Mother's Day because you, you can fall into such a cliche pattern. You know, there's the uh, there's the little things that you're supposed to do. And when when I was younger, I used to sort of go the more rebellious route. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer ladies on on Mother's Day rather than you know pat them on the back. And I've gone up and down on that. But uh, this time I, I'm gonna use a text that that we don't usually think of for, for Mother's Day. We usually use it right after uh, Christmas as we're talking about Jesus growing up right before Lent. Uh, but I think it gives us an idea that even with Jesus, that God has a plan for what parents are supposed to do. And, of course, in the, in the Scriptures, the, the parent we get more information about is, is Jesus' mother, uh, Mary. And so we're going to we're going to take a look at this passage. It's in Luke chapter 2 verses 39 through 52. And then we're going to just take and, and make some observations about that. Begins in verse 39, when Jesus's parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy, and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers, but when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search? He asked, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. And this is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. We're just going to sort of make some observations out of this text and, and talk about maybe how that applies to us, how we are uh, how we are called to uh, to act with our with our kids. And, uh, and so I, I just want to start off. Verse 39 there, it says, When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home from Nazareth. There, there's a lot in that, and we can talk a lot about what that, those laws were and everything, but the thing I want to draw out for you in that is Jesus' parents took seriously the law of the Lord. That was their priority. Of course, they had they had seen God's power at work. Mary had witnessed it. Mary had had uh, heard God's voice. She had carried His Son. I mean, she had a first hand seat to the the hand and the power of God. Joseph had listened to God's voice and and overlooked the fact that his uh, unwed fiance was pregnant and came up with a story that it was from God. He he was able to get past that. They, they had an experience of God, but they took it seriously. It was their priority. 
before anything else, before they went home to get their lives underway, they had to take care of the requirements that God had placed before them. And I just think in our culture, we need to stop, take a step back, and make sure that we understand that. There's so much of our culture that wraps itself around success and accomplishments and things like that. And as parents, we get sucked into that. From the time you have a child, you have these other, the, the wacko crazy mothers coming up to you saying, oh, what, what preschool are they going to be in? What program do you have them in? What, what, what college will they be going to? And, and then you have your own wacky stuff with, you know, this child's going to be president. Sure, you can't even read, but your child's going to be president, and that's not going to happen. But we, we have all our own crazy dreams that go on with that. And, we, and we, we end up charting this course for our kids, trying to get them in all the sports, trying to make sure they have every opportunity for this and every opportunity for that. And we don't want to hurt their feelings by telling them they need to come to church. And we, we do all that. And we take the most important thing that we have, pointing them to the fact that they are not an accident, pointing them to a fact that there are parents who mean more to them. Uh, there is a, a father that even when their, heaven, their earthly father and mother screw up, that will always be there for them. That there is a purpose and meaning for their life. We take that single most important knowledge and we relegate it to this thing that we only want to talk about if we have to that we only want to put pressure on them on Mother's Day. That's the day you got to come with me to church. We only want to do it around the holidays. But Jesus' parents understood early on, if we're going to raise this kid in the right way, we have to be connected to God. Moms and dads and aunts and uncles and whatever else you are, your number one priority in life is to have a vital relationship with God. That takes care of everything else. Jesus wasn't lying when he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. If we get that right, everything else seems to fall easily into place. Because when we have our heart set on the thing that we are supposed to have it set on, then our priorities get changed, then our, uh, then our perceptions get changed, then our attitudes get changed, and our life goes better before anything else. Yes, you want to give your kids those opportunities. Yes, you want to, you want to challenge them. Yes, you want them to be active. Yes, you want to... But you know what? None of that matters. They can be the most talented jerk when they grow up. I'm sorry. It's true. You can raise you can raise these entitled idiots. Or you can raise someone who understands that they are not the center of the universe. You know why? Because they've seen in you that that's what life's about. They've seen it in you. Above everything else, that is your job. And that's not just for parents. That's for all of us. That's, that's the way this thing we call Christianity gets spread. It's when we get our priorities right, then people see in us what they would like to have for their life. When we get that 
right. The understanding that we are not the center of the universe. We are not the God that controls things. We are subject and and need to give our glory and honor and praise and obedience to a greater being. Okay? Most important point out of this whole thing. We'll come back and make sure you got that before we leave. Okay? And it says in the next verse, verse 40, that because they did that, Jesus, there was a child, there the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. So obviously they did the things they were supposed to. They took care of him. They fed him. They nurtured him. He became a part of the community. He was a part of their family. There was, there was this, this give and take that was a part of it. It wasn't that they just sat around every night, uh, you know, praying and, okay, Jesus, you're going to be the Messiah, so you're going to have to memorize this whole scripture here. You know, that, that wasn't about that. It was this natural, organic thing that happened because of their love of God, because of their desire to follow after him. It, it bled off on Jesus. I need you to understand something because a lot of times we, we over-spiritualize stuff and and I know you're thinking to your, yeah, but Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, but this is one of those mysteries and, and I'm not going to be able to fully explain it to you, but Jesus was 100% man, 100% God. I know that's 200%. That's why it's a mystery. Okay? But he was fully human. All right? At the same time of being God, he was fully human. Which means he had the same thoughts, the same desires, the same temptations that we have. And because his parents had their priorities right, because they they were following after him, he grew up healthy and and happy. Okay? All right, so then we get to the story. You know it. They're, they're, off, they're off on this journey. They were traveling as a, as a pack. You know, the community was going together. And, and just like uh, we went last night to John Napier, our, one of our musicians is having a, a, he released his CD and they were having a party there last night. And everyone with kids goes to angels and they just let them run loose, man. And just like, because the community's there and the pack is just running wild and everything. But you're not worried about them because they're, you're there with them. And that's sort of the way it was with Jesus. They're traveling and, and the kids are over off, you know, kicking the, the, the donkeys and shooting pea shooters at the camels and all that kind of stuff. And so they, they're not worried about him. They hadn't seen him for a while. Well, that's what the rest of the kids are doing. We find out later Jesus is a little different than the rest of the kids. And so they, they don't notice until dinner that he's missing. In our culture, young kids, you're not going to understand this because you don't have the freedom that like we grew up with when I was a kid where you left in the morning and rode your bike around town and didn't show up until dinner, you know. And no, your parents had no idea where you were. Now the national news would be alerted if that happened. And I remember times when I was late for dinner, even if it was a half an hour. And that was before cell phones. And so that was a valid excuse. You could say, well, I had no way to call. And they gave me a little dime to put in my pocket that you will find a pay phone and, or you will break your neck getting home on time. If you were home on time, you wouldn't have to call. But it gets to be dinner time, and he's not there. And you can, you can visualize it in your mind. What does mom do when stuff doesn't go right? 
you know, and it's Ave Maria, but she was, she was a mom, right? She's getting upset. And if, if mama's upset, daddy's upset too, right? If mama ain't happy, daddy ain't happy. Ain't no one happy if mama ain't happy, right? And so they start, they start searching and going around. You can, you can hear the conversations. If they had phones, it would be, uh, Susie, is Johnny over there? He's not. Well, he told me he was going to be at your house. So, yeah, and, and the word is spreading. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And they are panicked. And this goes on and on and on. Mom, do you know how it would feel, right? Even as dad, you know how that feels. It, it, having a teenager that drives now, if she's not, if I can't hear that door at the minute she's told me, I start, hmm. They're panicked. That's another good sign of a good parent. You care about your kids, right? Now, a lot of times that equates itself into worry. That same passage that we find, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all these things will uh, be added unto you. In that same passage, you're going to find a, a verse that says, don't worry. Why do you worry? God's got the details for you. You don't need to worry. Don't worry, moms. That's a good verse for you if you want to if you want to get that. Okay. Don't worry. You can be concerned. You can you can you can wonder, but don't worry. Worry doesn't do anyone any good. So they finally find Jesus. Where is he? He's in the temple teaching other teachers. Oh, how embarrassing for them that their genius son was leading spiritual leaders. But you know what? With a mom, that doesn't matter, right? She's just mad he didn't show up. And what we get here is even though Jesus is the Messiah, even though he is 100% God and 100% man, he got a little lesson in the 100% man here. Because he got to see Mary blow in the door and say, what in the heck is wrong with you? Why didn't you let us know where you were? And he gave his little answer of, you should have known where I was. And he's lucky he still had teeth. <laughs> right? I think, remember, we have to remember Jesus was human and divine. Mary gave him a lesson in humility and responsibility and love. No matter how important your work is, Jesus, you still have a duty to the people that... that they care about you. You see this play itself out later on. When Je- what's Jesus' first miracle, you remember? Is it a wedding? Turning water into a wine? Right? And Jesus really had no connection there. Who, start- who asked for it? Mom. She came up and she said, these are my friends. They're embarrassed. Can you please do something? Now, Jesus could have said, lady, move on. I got better things to do with my time. But he had learned a lesson even at this early age. You care about the people that are important to you. There's, you can't over-spiritualize your calling. You can't say, oh, my job is more important than my relationship. My Bible study is more important than spending time with my kids. When you get this right with your relationship with God, what it's going to lead you to is that your relationship with other people is a priority as well. And Jesus got a lesson in that that day. Care about other people. Yeah, you're doing a good thing. Yeah, you're learning and you're... But you know what? 
you didn't go about it right. You need to let people know. I know that's going to blow some of your theology that maybe Jesus made a mistake. I'm not saying it's a mistake. I'm just saying Jesus was shaped by him. If you understand Jesus being human and divine, it makes what he did for us much more powerful. If he was just this programmed robot that came home and never had to think through anything, well, then that didn't accomplish much. But Jesus chose because of the nurture of his parents, because of the nurture of the Holy Spirit, because of the nurture of his heavenly Father, he chose to give himself to us. Last thing. Verse 51. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to him. He learned his lesson, right? He learned his lesson. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and all the for This is why we love our moms, right? Because our moms store all these things in their heart. Some of them you wish they would forget. They're the ones that can pull out the embarrassing pictures for graduations and weddings. They are the ones that can remind you of that one time that you did something you were embarrassed about and embarrass the rest of the family. They can remind you about it every single time you get together. But despite those things, our moms can always see the best in us because they have this way of treasuring who we are in our heart. When no one else can see us for, for what we hope to be, our moms see us as that, as that kid they dreamed us of being. Mom, that's, that's your gift to your kid. You treasure them. You let them know they're important. You let them know that even though they are an entitled idiot, you still care. Right? If you... Let's go back. If you take care of this when they're little, you don't have to deal with the entitled idiot when they're... If you got a 27-year-old, I'm sorry, you just got to treasure up the fact that he hasn't killed himself yet because you're not going to change his attitude yet right now. God can, but you're not going to. Our, our moms see us for who we hope we could be. They treasure who we are. And then they suffer with us. Fast forward. Good Friday. Jesus carrying a cross up a hill. Who was in the audience? Who had to stand there and watch him be raised? Who had to stand there in front of him, watch him be humiliated and cry? Mary, mom. A mom's not just going to be there during the good time. A, mo- a good parent is going to be through, through good and bad. And you know as she was watching him be pierced and broken that the thing going through her heart was all of those days she had spent with him, all the promises that God made, all the hopes that she had for him, all the stories she heard, all the, all the times he had done miraculous things. But she was there, even in his darkest moment, to let him know you're loved. That's what good parents do. And you don't have to be a parent to do that. That's what a community does for one another. That's when we baptize kids in this church and we say, will you support them? That's what we do for one another as a church. 
We point the way. We say this is the most important. We give them an example of what that looks like. We remind them that relationships are more important than your accomplishments. And then we treasure up who they are in our hearts and we walk with them no matter where life takes them. It's not a job anybody would sign up for, is it? Luckily, you don't. Usually, when you're having kids, you're too stupid and young to understand the ramifications of that. Otherwise, we'd not have. And don't give me dirty looks. That was a nice statement. <laughs> Just got a bunch of dirty looks from moms. I wasn't stupid. Yes, you were. And the dad was stupid too. Otherwise, he wouldn't have married you because then the whole thing. Would, if if they gave you a fast forward picture of what that was going to look like 20 years from now, not anyone would enter that relationship especially with kids and everything. No way. At that point, you're like, oh, it's going to be beautiful. They're going to love you. No one would sign up for that job. But you know what? You know, once you've entered it, something changes, doesn't it? Once you saw that baby, once you felt him the first time, once you held him the first time, even the things they did that was obnoxious to you, you've treasured those things in your heart, haven't you? You want to do something to help your kids? Pray for them every day. Pray for them every day. I can't tell you how many folks I can I, that come to come to God, come to conviction later in life. You know what they'll tell me? The, the answer I get more than anyone else is that they have a significant female presence that's been praying for them from the time they were little. I don't know why it's always female, but it's just the way it is. Prayer works. You can make a difference in in somebody's life just by praying. Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray together right now. God, we thank you. We thank you for, for the gift you gave us. And even for your own son, you, you, you followed that pattern that, that we need we need parents. And God, we know that the situations aren't always ideal. And some of us have come from broken homes or, or even abusive homes. And, and even when it's not ideal, you're there for us. And, but God, it's, it's our desire to, to do things the way you wanted us to. Help us to make you our priority. Help us to be a positive influence. Help us to be an example of the fact that you are God. You alone are God. That you deserve glory and honor and praise. And that we, we need to give it to you. And then God, no matter what comes in life, no matter what difficulties they have to walk through, give us the, the desire to walk with them. Thank you for those people that have done that for us. Thank you for the encouragement we've had. Thank you for the forgiveness we've received. For the lessons we've learned. God, once again, we just uh, we just want to ask for a special special blessing on our on our moms. For those that have passed on already, we we know they're in your presence and uh, they've received their reward. And we just want to honor them and honor the memory of them. Thank you for a mom. Thank you for the gift.
that she gives us. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.